listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Imagine that you're giving a presentation to a group of prospective clients, and you've got to sell your services, and you've got a pitch deck that you're using that tells a story as to why they should choose you. What information do you put in that pitch deck? How do you tell a story that's going to get them to see the value of your services and have them choose you over your competition? Well, those are questions that we're going to answer today in our interview with Donna Griffith. Now, Donna is a subject matter expert just on this topic. She's worked globally for over 17 years with Fortune 500 companies, startups, and investors in a wide variety of industries, helping them to create and deliver presentations, pitches, and messages. She knows how to spin raw data to drive results. She's also the author of her new book, Sticking to My Story. Make sure you check that link out on the show notes and also connect with her on the show notes as well. This is going to be something that's going to help you. If you have to sell work and prospective work to prospective clients, this is going to be a conversation that you don't want to miss. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence, Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. I hope you get some great ideas from my conversation with Donna Griffith today. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is author Donna Griffith, and our topic is what needs to be in a pitch deck. Donna, thanks for joining me on the show today. So great to be here, Scott. Thank you for having me. You bet, and congratulations on your book, and we're going to talk about that as well. So tell me, so let's start with some working definitions here. When I hear the words pitch deck, to me, that's raising funding, but I know that other companies and other professional services firms might use that as a sales deck when they're selling work, when they're pitching work. So tell me, what does that mean exactly when you talk okay. about a pitch deck? What's that definition? Well, think about the word pitch for a second. If you were to randomly walk down the street in your town and stop someone and say, excuse me, can you tell me what a pitch is? They kind of look at you funny and probably <laughs> think it's baseball season, right? Right, pitch. right, right. But if we think about the baseball pitch and the throwing of the ball and the audience kind of at this, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what happens. Then everybody's reaching for it. There's action, there's interaction, there's passion, there's something happening there. Right. And that's the way I want people to feel when you pitch them, whether it's a potential client, a potential investor, a potential partner. I want them excited to catch your story as you throw it out to them. So a pitch is very intentional. It's mm -hmm. very oriented and it's something that you want to get people wanting more. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, when I think about this, I just envision that all it is is just tombstones of these are our existing clients. And <laughs> those are the things that, that I've heard people, they've shared with me before. And it's just not very exciting. No, what you no. sound like sounds interesting to me. Yes, so yes. And, and that's exactly, yeah. You need to establish your credibility. Yeah. But what's going to be more interesting, Scott, for you to hear, hi, we're company X and we've been working with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. We have offices in three countries and we have over 200 employees. Like, who cares? Yeah, I'm right. not here to listen to that. What they care about is when you start off saying, so here's one of the biggest issues we've encountered. This A client of ours, similar mm -hmm. to you guys, but different, has been struggling doing this. And, you know, you tell the story or you tell your story or you tell 
the story of something happening in the news. And you tell a story that resonates with them because you've identified their pain ahead of time. And then they're like, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Got that. So what happened? Then it's like one of those, like, okay, it's like the beginning of a action adventure film. There's an explosion. There's okay. a kidnapping. Yep. There's something happens and then you're something like, happened. okay, what happens next? <laughs> So that's the philosophy and the psychology of storytelling. And that's what I talk about in the book. So, this has been tens of thousands of years in the making. Yeah, yeah. So so what are the elements then of this story that people should put in their pitch deck? If we kind of broke it down, what would be beginning, middle, and end? Is there a protagonist? It's actually four chunks. Okay, so, it so, so tell me about this. End, but there's a few middle pieces. So there's actually two beginning pieces. So our natural instinct, when we're in love with our product and our service and our technology and our solution, which we should be, whether it's our own as entrepreneurs or working for a company that we mm-hmm. really believe in and really are committed to, and also we'll be making commissions off sales, which is you know right. important as well. The natural instinct is, oh my gosh, I only have a few minutes to grab their attention. Let me talk about me as much as possible, about my product as much, and how great it is. What's not to like? Surely What's not be to like? Right? My mom loves it. Maya. <laughs> but that's the number one mistake. And we all make it. Right. It, at one point or another, whether we intend to or not, because we think, you know, okay, so limited time span, everybody is a hungry toddler. <laughs> everybody right. wants to be fed. Yeah, everybody So yeah. We, right. we have to um, find a way to engage them. That does the absolute opposite. It's like, seriously, you're here to talk about you. I want to talk about me. So if we flip the script, we turn it around and we look at it from their perspective. What is the gap in their life? Whether it's directly someone who's going to be buying from you or a VC that will be investing in you who, you know, you'll be catering to a specific audience. Right. You need to figure out that pain and turn it into a story. Now, you asked about breaking it down. Let me break it down a little bit. So I called it a four-act play. And in the book, we go through the four acts of it. I'm, I'm a Broadway baby since I was, you know, little taking. I just took my girls this week to see The Sound of Music. And theatrical and dramatic writing is exactly the model of storytelling. You know, if you look at Greek tragedies, you look at Shakespeare, you look at these things, it's built in acts. Act one, just like in a movie. Right. Something bad. Something's rotten in the kingdom of Denmark. Something is happening. Something evil comes our way. And then act two is about the hero that will emerge to solve it, your solution, your technology, your product. And then you kind of take us through an overview of it. Show us the user journey. Show how it's helped other people. Because the minute we see it, like yesterday, I got so mad at a client of mine. I I get mad. I scold them like not. (laughs) This is the second round of their founding we're working on. And Mm -hmm. they said, you know, something's not working in this deck. We really want to come back and spend an hour with you. I said, absolutely. And I gave them some guidelines and then come back. And the slide for their product was like five squares of describing it. I'm like, you've been working for (laughs) over a year with enterprise companies, taking them on these amazing journeys. And that's what you're going to show them. No wonder you're not getting their attention. You want to showcase the beauty and the simplicity through the user story. So we took yeah. one of their clients, we deconstructed the story. We talked about their struggle beforehand. Okay. And then how they used it and the results they got. And suddenly it pops to life. Yeah. So the arc, right? The arc. So the arc moving from their pain and their miserable existence before working with you through, this is something that many companies struggle with and it's costing the industry millions, billions, and, and everybody knows it's a problem. Everybody's throwing money at it. Now, what are we going to do? 
this is our product. This is how our, you know, we used it for others. This is why they love us. And then act three is the numbers, the backup, the business model, the market analysis, the competitive landscape, depending who you're talking to and what needs to be in there. It's a bit different for a sales deck or for an investor deck. Mm -hmm. And then finally act four, and this is something that people miss. They'll go straight to the ask, you know, whatever it's, you know, buy my product, invest in me, whatever. No. This is the visionary moment. This is the what's next. So this tell is, me, I want to know. I'm, I'm like excited about no, this. this is it. This is the next. Like, how far can we go with this? What's the vision? What's your big vision? Right now we're doing A, but guess what? We can take A and bring it to other industries. We could take A and create other products. We could take A and make it the gold standard for the entire market. So you want to speak visionary. And yes, that may not be where you're at now, but you need to show them that you have your eye on a much higher prize because investors are not in it to, you know, fund a nice lifestyle business, which there's nothing wrong. I have a lifestyle business. Nobody's going to invest in me because it's just me. I can't scale myself. Well, I mean, I am Donna GPT basically, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but there's one of me, whereas with open AI, it's everywhere. So let me ask you this. This is interesting. I remember when my daughter was at the dentist one day. And she was probably four or five, I think. And I was there in the waiting room with my wife and the three of us were there and she's getting kind of antsy. So I looked at her and I said, hey, Maya, once upon a time. And she stood up and she looked at me because she wanted to hear the story. And I noticed the three or four other kids in that waiting area stopped what they were doing. And they looked at me also because everybody wants to hear a story. It's just part of how we're wired. So I think this idea that you have of take a pitch deck and make it a story, I think that's brilliant. So, so let me ask you. Pay attention to what Scott just did. The minute he started talking about being with his daughter in a waiting room of a dentist's office, my mind went to my kid's dentist office and the first time taking them there. So, so you used a story to tell about telling a story. That's right. It's kind of like a coffee table book about coffee. About tables, the coffee tables. That yes, actually Kramer. becomes a coffee yes, table yes, yes, with yes, legs yes, on yes. <laughs> So, so let me ask you this then. So act one, something happened. So let me, let me make sure I understand this pitch deck. So are they talking anything about themselves at this point? Is there, so you know, we're publicly held? The intro held? slide is something very brief. And that's, so you're going to come back to your vision at the end. You okay. can talk about your big vision at the beginning, just in a line. This is what we're setting out to do. Yeah. Now, I will give a caveat for talking about yourself. If you're talking to an investor and you have big sales, big engagement, big endorsements, big funding, that we call the brag slide. You do not mm-hmm. want to wait for that. So I would, in, a, in okay. the book, I show a few examples. Oh, wow. Four Great. to six big numbers. Numbers of growth, yeah. of ARR, of sales, of pipeline, of where you're going. Get them excited because investors love language is numbers. Right. So yeah. we want to, right. we do want to say that. And then whether we put the team or not depends on how much the team lends to your credibility. Are these people with multiple exits? Are these people from very prestigious companies or mm-hmm. with in- significant industry experience? If so, definitely put them at the beginning. So we might spend okay. 30 seconds to a minute on like, we've got the momentum and we've got the credibility. Yeah. Now let's talk about the story. That's great. So then act one, something happened. One of our clients had a merger that didn't go well and they reached out to us and we- No, 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 no. It's not that they reached out. We don't exist in act one. Oh, okay. There is oh, no okay, us. Good. There is no hero. 
Got it. This so we're talking moment of despair. So we're talking about board. somebody like them, somebody like yes. them, right? Yes. Okay. So, so our client them. was struggling because they were growing fast. They were hiring a hundred people a month. What was happening was people were coming on. The company was setting goals and OKRs, and nobody was actually realizing that those goals pertain to them. So what was happening mm-hmm. is tens of thousands of dollars were being wasted each month on cloud services. Nobody had any idea who ownership it was. Things were being miscommunicated. And there was like this general feeling of, of disconnect, of misalignment. So that's talking about this client of ours. Yep. And it then we move on to the macro. And this is something happening in kingdoms all around. Management. Uh, that people spend $50 billion annually on training managers for their skills. And still they lack the skills to be able to steer this ship in alignment because they're lacking data. So this specifically, I'm talking about the deck I built yesterday. So the gap, what is the gap? There is no us. There is no our solution yet. We don't exist until act two. Got it. Got it. Okay, good. So you want to push them to the edge. Make them feel that pain, make them wince, and then bum, 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 <laughs> here comes the hero, and then the hero emerges. Let me ask you a question. So, in my pitch deck or slide deck or sales deck, whatever I have, I mean, I'm assuming I'm not calling it act one. Is there any going to be? I mean, I'm just, hey, there's no such thing as a stupid question, except for yeah, that. no, no, no. I'm <laughs> but, glad but, you asked that. I'm okay, glad good. you asked that. No, so and please don't call them <laughs> that the villain and you the hero. That that's an insider joke for us. Okay, good. So good. look, the first act, and you don't have to delineate it by act, but it's usually like the problem, the need, the gap, or mm-hmm. just give it an interesting title. Mm-hmm. One of your biggest stats can become the title. $50 billion wasted each year on inefficient meetings. Yeah, Boom. Good, good. So you don't have to say the problem and then 50. You could just go right into it. Give them the problem. Okay, great, great. And, and then, then so the hero is the solution or us. Or, okay, so let me ask you, act two, how do most of your clients introduce themselves into this story? What have you seen in that picture? How do they or how should they? What Let's just say, what are the best practices of introducing yes, because usually the best practices don't happen before a session with me. <laughs> I see like they'll throw a slide there with like all kinds of features and things. And I'm like, what is it that you do? What are you? Yeah. So Simon Sinek talks about the golden circles of, of messaging, the why, the what, and the how. The why is the big vision. We want them to understand how far we're going with this mm-hmm. and start off with that. The what is, what is it that you do? Then you can talk about how you do it. So the what, and I encourage people to create what I call a simple solution statement. It's simple, but it's not easy to write. We do X for Y by Z. Okay. We are a platform, technology, engine, chatbot, whatever it is. We gather data and present data-driven decision-making prompts at opportune times or whatever. So question for you about this. I like this. We do X for Y by Z. Z. Yes. So oh, Y so, is audience and Z is how we do it. You can flip the Y and the Z if you want. Let me ask you this then. Would it be appropriate to have, let's say you call it your elevator statement or mm-hmm. something like that? Like what I say, mm-hmm. I say I grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers by 
you know, something like that. I would, yeah. Then the buy, the buy where you started is I would encourage you to be a little bit more specific because you did two of them. Now the third, what is your secret sauce in there? What is, why are you different? Like Anybody what's distinct? Exactly. Yeah. What's your okay. Distinct? Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. And I don't want to make this a commercial about no, me. Please do. So, so what well, would you add on by? I would what say was- because of my lens is through the lens of rainmaking. And when a partner moves to another firm, there has to be a really good business case. So my distinct perspective as a high stakes headhunter adds value to the partner moving and to the firm because I understand the business case behind it. That's, you know, that's your secret sauce. That's what yeah. makes it different. That's what sets you apart. And I believe that because A, it made me think of like this lens because yeah. I'm thinking of like looking through it so that you had a metaphor there that resonated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kinesthetic. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you're yeah. right. You're thinking of it in terms of not just bringing anyone on. You're looking at it in terms of driving the business, driving the clout, driving the credibility. Yeah. Great. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to get to number three. What's act three? Okay. So act three is the nitty gritty. Act three is the financials, the market, the trends, how you measure up to competition. This is the stuff that you need to back it up. Now, oftentimes people think they have to start with it. And yes, you. if you have interesting numbers, you can pepper them into the beginning to the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and not just your numbers, but like $50 billion wasted each year on ineffective. I mean, that's a great number to bring on and that you'll yeah. probably have found doing your market analysis. But these are the numbers that are going to make them believers. So you've got them with the story. They get what you do now. They want to know how you're going to make money. Yeah. Right. How are you different from others out there doing this? Mm-hmm, how can mm-hmm. you scale? How are you going to go to market? What are your strategies? And and just saying we're going to go viral or social or whatever is not enough of a strategy. You need to really show that you've given some thought to this. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I would imagine, I mean, just the visual I have as you talk about this is you're on Shark Tank and mm-hmm. you've got your pitch deck with you mm-hmm. and you've mm-hmm. got those guys that, you know, some of them you like, some of them you don't like <laughs> and on Shark Tank. And they're they're looking through a calibrated lens of trying to pick it apart. Yeah. So you're kind yeah. of really but notice, notice something about Shark Tank and we watch it religiously. It's our Saturday morning tradition with show. our girls over breakfast. We're trying to create <laughs> little entrepreneurs. It's fun how um, kids like that show, isn't it? My daughter well, like I, whether they like it or not, in our house, my, my husband has a startup. I work with startups. Like there's no <laughs> way they're not gonna be entrepreneurs, these two. It's their their future is cast. But they don't come on talking about their business model and their finance. They first tell a story. Yeah, right, right. So the first part of the bit pitch, the pitch is is like the problem they saw in their lives and then how they decided to solve it, the big reveal. So they spend about two minutes, even a minute, talking about the problem solution, the villain hero. And then they start asking them, so what are your sales like? Of course, in act three, your traction has to come in if you didn't have a brag slide. So how far have you gotten? What are your sales like? What are your numbers like? What are your margins like? Hey, I invested this company. How's it different from that? So all of those things, they're basically asking, they're not standing there with a deck, but they're asking them those questions, which shows us the thought process of an investor. They were magically taken in by the story. Now they want to know brass tacks time. Got it. Got it. So tell me about Act 4 then. Let's say we've gotten Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, the numbers, business model, competitive analysis. What do we do with Act 4? What have you seen that are the best practices? So again, it's it's probably not what I've seen, but it's what we create. Right, that's right. Okay, good, good. <laughs> People don't always do this. And this is the big miss. This is your opportunity, like the Steve Jobs always had at the end, but one more thing you know, at the end of his, his, his launches. Or on Shark Tank, there'll be like something... 
but this, there's some more. And then they pull out this other product of like, you know, we're working on the patent for this now. So this is the future. This is the vision. This is where we're heading. This is how big this can become. This is our moonshot. So you're kind of leading them on this path to this is even bigger. Here's our roadmap for the next 18, 24 months, however long your funds are going to last us. And this is what we need the funding for. We're going to be using it on product development, team expansion, IP, getting our our Mm -hmm. patent in place. And by then we'll have 600K annually accruing revenue and 300 paying users and whatever the KPIs that you'll be able to achieve. They want to know how far their money is going to take you. Yeah, right, right. That's great. That's great. And so is it, do you think, I don't know if it would really relate to the pitch deck, but in those meetings, do you think it's important to really ask for commitment at oh, that yeah. time? Yeah. And tell me about that. Look, what- you're not going to say, pull out your checkbook and write me a check now, dudes. Yeah. But you do, you're there to ask for money. Or if you're selling, it's a different ask. Yeah, so right. if it's a sales deck, then you're going to lay out what the next few months would look like if they move forward with you. And then ask for the first step, which could be an RFP, or it can be a, let's set a second meeting with your tech team so we can discuss, or whatever it is, one tangible step that will lead them towards being a buyer. Now with investors, they're not going to invest on the spot. It's not Shark Tank, you know, and those deals, (laughs) honestly, I've heard that many deals don't end up closing because then they go into due diligence and then they check them out. A lot of them do. And then you hear the success stories, but some they find, oh, well, they weren't being completely upfront with this. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so life is not Shark Tank. So if the next step is, I want to introduce you to the rest of our partners, or I want to set a meeting with our tech expert, or I want to do that, that's great because that's a signal that they're moving forward. That's right. That's right. So let me ask you this then. And if you had asked me prior to this conversation, what recommendations would I give to a pitch deck? I would not have come up with anything that you said. It's so good job. You've given some really innovative ideas. You know what? And that's a great note because investors say that if they learn one thing at a meeting from a founder about their market that they didn't know for them, it's a success. So you're not coming to be teachy preachy, but you are coming to show them aspects of your market they may not even know about. Right. So let me ask you this then, Donna, as we kind of bring to a close here, if you wanted to summarize this in three action steps, if somebody Mm -hmm. is looking to improve their pitch deck or their sales deck, Mm -hmm. what would be the three steps to doing that? If you could kind of give us that. One, buy my book. I'm kidding. Um, No, we'll we'll (laughs) put the link on the It actually does lay it out. I mean, I've basically given away my my trade secrets of everything of how to lay it out in a very user-friendly, accessible way. But and the book so the is stickingtomystory.com. Is that right? Or that's the Mystory.com. You can order yep. it through there or directly on Amazon. Yep. So the first thing you want to do is really, truly understand the pain of the other side that is not being met even by other solutions. And then find a story that illustrates that. It can be your own origin story. It can be a user story of one of your clients in their lives before. Many different ways to go about that. Explain your solution in a very, very simple, easy to get way that nobody needs to have a degree in computer science or cryptography to understand. Mm -hmm. Anything, Mm -hmm. things that our grandparents could understand that an eight-year-old could understand. Simple, clear, crisp ideas and showcase your product through your user's journey. Have the numbers to back it up. Don't argue. If they try to ask challenging questions, don't get caught into the rat hole of of trying to answer it. Sometimes they're just seeing how you respond. Be magnanimous. 
If you don't have all the data, say, you know, I'd love to get back to you with the specific numbers. For now, I can say this. Don't lie about your numbers. They will find them. <laughs> and make it visionary. Go for this the is great. vision as well. Well, Donna, I mean, you've kind of given us about seven or eight steps here, which is fantastic. So good for you. And, and so tell us then, tell us then about your services. What do you want our listeners to know about what you do and what you can do for them? So I mentioned GPT before. So I think everybody, unless they're living in a cave, if it has anything to do with technology, has been hearing about chat GPT and all of these generative AI things where you kind of plug in your data and your questions, and then they spit out really clear, beautiful messages. That's what I do. I'm Donna GPC. So for the past 20 years, I've been ingesting copious amounts of data bits and bytes and boring stuff, and then transforming it into beautiful stories. So two hours, I create pitch decks that are completely fleshed out. I pull the thoughts out of the founder's head and weave them together in a way that they simply wouldn't be able to do. The reason I wrote the book is to give people the do-it-yourself version of it, which is fabulous. Right. If you can do it yourself, great. If not, come eat at the chef's restaurant. (laughs) That's great. Great. Well, Donna, thank you for being here. We're going to put all of your contact information on the show notes. I definitely want to have you back. Any listeners mentioned that you heard me on Scott's podcast, you will get a special discount. Oh, that's great. Thank you for that, Donna. And we'll definitely have you back here on the show in a few months. I'd love to kind of get your perspective on some other things here. Thank you, Donna. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.